0: Welcome to Here's a Question with Lex Wu and Kyle Hua.
1: In this week's episode, we're focusing more on stuff to take your mind off the news. We're also talking about why you should not be starting a dryer fire. This is episode 102, Politics Aren't Pretty. A little known secret about Lex is that he owns the last four editions of the Old Farmer's Almanac. He reads them, uses them to help predict what the weather's going to be like during the seasons, and he just likes keeping them on a shelf. However, I decided to ask whether his collection was a waste of space. All right, so, Lex, how often do you ever use the information in the almanacs themselves?
0: I use the Sunset Calculator occasionally, the climate information each month to plan out stuff, and I read the segments at the end because I think they're funny. Other than that, they're a good paperweight for papers. That just so happened to blow off my desk.
1: Uh, how often do you think the- there dang it. How useful do you think the Sunset Calculator is? Like, what is it used for? If you want to explain it to me for a bit, along with the other things that you find useful.
0: The Sunset Calculator is useful for those times when you just want to know when the sunset is, but you want to do it old school style. It's a lot more captivating than trying to do some formulas to try and figure out your sunset time compared to just going to Google to
1: figure it out. Hmm. Well, that's actually pretty cool. How often do you pick up a book to read anything that you might need? Sometimes.
0: Sometimes I also just leave it sitting there to gather dust.
1: Huh. Alright. Well, do you think it would be a smart investment to like buy each edition for some significant amount of time if the data is correct and useful i feel like it might be since it's only a hundred dollars for a solid decade
0: considering that it's a useful book to some people and not for others i think that i benefit from this more than the company that makes these benefits with their money I understand that this book isn't for everyone, just like the Electrical Engineering Reference Manual 5th Edition by (laughs) R.B. Yarborough. However, I use it for stuff. It's not that bad of a book, even though there are advertisements on every page. This is sounding like the price tag was subsidized by... This is sounding more and more like the price tag was subsidized by advertisers.
1: Actually, yeah, I feel like the sunset and if there's a sunrise calculator might be interesting and useful to me too, since pretty useful to know when it will be dark or how soon, or even how much daylight there will be on a given day.
0: There is indeed a sunrise thing as well, so considering that you live in New York, you'll probably never be awake before sunrise though.
1: In conclusion, I suppose it depends on where you are really, that determines how useful the book, or book series, will be to you. I certainly find some aspects of it useful, even without personally having a book myself. And just having Lex tell me about it. But being in New York, I feel like there are not many areas that you'd really find the information about gardening or anything like that to be particularly useful since most people don't have the oppor- opportunity to grow a garden big enough to justify the purchase of an $8.95 book. I'm currently
0: employed at a local grocery store in New Hampshire. Kyle doesn't have a job. <laughs> Inflation <laughs> is through the roof this year. Let's see if you can guess the price of the food at the store I work at. So, first of all, how much do green bell peppers cost by the pound? 99 cents per pound, one ninety-nine per pound, one fifty-nine per pound, or 2.59 per pound? I feel like they cost one
1: fifty-nine per pound.
0: One ninety-nine per pound. Ah. Uh. How much does a pack... How much does a 35 pack of five gum cost? 159, 229, 279, or 379? I feel like it would be 379. 279. How much is one Smart Ones frozen dinner? 279, 319,
1: 389, or 459? Could I ask a question of my own? Yes. Uh, what is a Smart Ones frozen dinner? (laughs) It's just a
0: frozen dinner by a random company that has the trademark of Smart Ones.
1: Mm, okay.
0: They're about the size of your regular frozen dinners. Mm.
1: The thing is, I don't exactly know how big they are, so I'm gonna guess four twenty-nine, two seventy-nine. How much was the Poland Springs twenty-four
0: pack water selling for on April sixteenth, twenty twenty-two? Two thirty-nine,
1: three thirty-three, mm. three sixty-six, or four twenty-nine? I feel like it would be three sixty-six. You got one correct. Oh, nice. How much does a
0: small pack of organic raspberries run you? $239, $259, $369, or
1: $399? Hmm,
0: I'm gonna guess $399. You're correct on that as well. Hey, a- That's nice. how you get more for your dollar! Even though the Walmart down the road has cheaper prices on frozen food. This segment was not sponsored by my current employers. Now, a word from our actual sponsors. This podcast was distributed by Anchor. Go and host your own podcast by going to anchor.fm. This podcast was also supported by listeners like you. Thanks for listening. We'll be back after this break.
1: We'd like to quickly remind listeners that this is our
0: satirical segment. Don't take anything seriously, please.
1: Welcome to Hear the Question Live! Our topic tonight, should billionaires foot the money towards paying the New York Public Library bills? Also tonight, should we support the random guy actively screaming outside our studios in an attempt to unionize? Call in at plus one two one two five 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 zero one five five if you want to say. Now let's hear what the people want.
0: I think that billionaires should start paying their fair share to help the general public because locking their money away isn't fair to everyone else. The library's fri- primary funding comes from the government, but another major source of funding is late like book fees.
1: Well, I think that the government shouldn't have to force money out of the people, though, because the money that they earned was all through their own self-interested individual efforts to make it and they own it to themselves they have no right to the to give it to the government
0: I'd like to say that people having more money than <laughs> others usually doesn't go well it isn't fair that some people struggle to make a living every day while others can sip on grape juice all day
1: but isn't it not fair that they have to struggle in the first place like why do jobs exist <laughs> the money that they need is literally just paper with, a, with an agreed-upon value
0: some people struggle through each and every day what I'm proposing would be to get the billionaires to share their fortunes
1: why should the government get involved though <laughs> if we don't need a government in general suggesting that we don't even fund or even support
0: a government is completely absurd we should force people to fund the state and call it taxes
1: well I say that the people shouldn't fund the state that causes their problem. Our
0: economy would boom if people were to work their fair share. That's why I'm suggesting we give all our stuff to the state to be distributed equally. Then we'll all be equal.
1: But but then people who had a lot would have less and those of less would have more and that isn't fair. People should stick with what they have and leave it at that. Live by themselves without anyone telling them what to do. <laughs> and, and set fire to other people's houses who don't agree with them. (laughs) <laughs> Growing wheat on our own
0: land to few, our own people would increase our independence and destroy foreign affairs. This means we'll finally be a United State of Independence.
1: But with the United State of Independence, wouldn't that make us vulnerable to unknown enemies from the outside? We shall accept gifts from other countries
0: pleading for us not to invade them to supply food for the United States.
1: But what should we do if we inevitably collapse? Can we finally implement my plan of removing the government from our state?
0: No, we shall take over the land once more! Their army couldn't have possibly grown in the time that we've collapsed.
1: We shouldn't do that. Or other countries might get a little angry. Then we should make threats against no, countries that and try to fight no, us, after no, all, we've overpowered- the you a question, why, we'll take a short break. Our uh, next topic, do we call the police on the person yelling about unionizing in front of our studios? Don't go away, we'll be back after this break. Alright, welcome back from the break. I'm going to be hosting the Stolen from the Reference Books segment. Which means, Lex will definitely be having a, lo- a lot of fun with this one. And so, this is where the host, me in this case, will be asking the participant, Lex, uh, questions about words that I'm pretty sure he won't know, and so he'll have some options to choose from. Basically word trivia. Now on with the segment. Alright, so first question. What is a weenisk? <laughs> a. An elephant's elbows? B. A groundhog? <laughs> Or C, a wild hog tusk. I'm gonna guess B. That is actually correct. It is, in fact, another name for a groundhog. Alright, so question two. What is mauve? A, a color, specifically a pale purple. B, a mispronunciation of move. (laughs) Or C, a light rain in the aftermath of a hurricane. I'm gonna guess B. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Okay, <laughs> okay, well, that is wrong. It is actually A, a color- You can't deny it! You cannot deny it because there- because it's technically
0: a mispronunciation of me:
1: <laughs> So three, what do you think the word kaolin means? A, a type of leaf, B, a type of- I <laughs> like okay. shade of purple Pottery, or a vase or something, or C, a type of clay
0: I was initially going to answer D, a type of cannabis, but now I'm just going to answer a type of uh, clay, C.
1: Correct. You had your smart glasses on for, you know, all the listeners out there who couldn't see. But yes, it is C, a type of clay. All right, so you might know this one. Four. What is reverb? A. Saying a verb again. B. The persistence of sound for some period of time after its creation or C an elephant
0: (laughs) as someone who works in audacity to edit all of these podcasts I can
1: most definitely tell you it's B correct you definitely know your stuff on that one then (laughs) alright so 5 what is a button A an obsolete unit of measurement B a thing that fastens clothing in place or C. A small person.
0: I feel like you're just trying to throw me off. It's B. It's gotta be
1: B. Well, unbeknownst to you, all of of them were right. (laughs) So, all of them are true. They're all buttons in their own ways. (laughs) Uh, I knew you'd (laughs) love this. Okay, so six. How high is the standard seating height? A, 24 inches? B, 21 inches, or C, 18 inches. This is for like seats and chairs, by the way.
0: Hang on, let me get my tape measure. (laughs) No, um, I'm pretty sure I notice. I'm pretty sure it's 21 inches.
1: Well, according to the source that I looked at, it's. Pretty sure it's 21 inches. C, 18 inches. Okay. Sensible. I might be wrong on that, to be honest, but. 7. What plant family is the pear fruit in? A. The rose family. B. The stone fruit family. Mm-hmm. Or C. The nightshade family. D. iCarly. No, it's C. <laughs> yeah. It's gotta be C. <laughs> well, I believe that is where the tomato is, but that is not where the pear fruit is. It is actually A. That surprised me a lot. It's the rose family, for some reason. Okay, anyways. A. What year were f- toilets, the flushable kind, invented? a fifteen ninety six b eighteen nineteen or c twelve sixty
0: nine flushable as in you just dropped your stuff out the out the window or flushable as in the modern toilet
1: <laughs> uh i'd say the preface to the modern toilet where water would you know flush away the waste that would, that is deposited. <laughs>
0: The one in the 1800s. I forget what year it is. The one in the 1800s. Oh.
1: 1819? Yes. Well, that is incorrect. It is actually... A. 1596. They had running water in 1596. (laughs) 9. How tall is the average pigeon? (laughs) (laughs) A. 10 to 16 centimeters. (laughs) B. 17 to 21 centimeters. Or C. Twenty-five to thirty centimeters. B. Okay, that is wrong. It oh, wait, is. Wait, no, it's A. It's A. It's A. Well, anyways, that is also wrong. It's. <laughs> it is C. Twenty-five to thirty. None of those answers are correct. Anyways, uh, ten. What is the name for a nineteen-sided polygon? A. Enneadecagon. B. Novendecagon. Or C. Tridecagon. A 19 0 the. That is wrong. I took the, I took the root word for um, 9 and just stuck it before decagon. It's actually... Novian decagon. <laughs> it's actually A. Aenea decagon for some reason. It, it's, I thought it would be something along the lines of Noven decagon or something, but apparently it's not. I hate Anyways, this Anyways, that is the end of the segment, Lex. You won't be tortured anymore.
0: (laughs) I am hereby thinking- I am- I am now quite literally thinking of ways to end this segment without it ever returning again. We'll be back after this break, if we even have a break at this point. User manuals help people with figuring out how to do something, whether it's setting a timer not setting your dryer machine on fire, important fire safety note, please make sure to empty your lint filter every single time you run the dryer, or not ingesting liquid hand sanitizer, manuals and instructions used to be around us all the time. Now we're trying to answer an age-old question, are user manuals a thing of the past? How many things have you unboxed in
1: the past year? I mean, I'd say not many. Like. I don't even think I even have unboxed anything to be honest. I'm pretty sure the only thing really is my guitar from uh, last Christmas and that's it really.
0: Same, I've only unboxed a few things these years. I have an entire list of stuff that I've taken out of the box this year. You'll find a recurring Walmart theme. My webcam, podcasting microphone, speakers, and battery pack all came with an instruction manual. Presumably, this is so I, the user, don't set the said things on fire. I've made sure to follow these instructions, and most of my stuff has not been set on
1: fire. What about you? I don't think so, for me, like setting things on fire. Oh, wait, actually, I, rem- I remember something too. I usually burn my marshmallows while roasting them, like whenever I, you know, uh, have s'mores at your house, because either I would choose to burn them. Which I know now is pretty bad, or because I just don't keep it far away enough from the fire.
0: Before we get back to the topic, I'd like to personally say that I have set spaghetti on fire while cooking mac and cheese, don't even question it. The reasoning that I'd like to use is a lack of a safety manual or cooking instructions on the back of the box. Do you think user manuals are obsolete in the 21st century where the internet and Stack Overflow are a thing?
1: I mean, I feel like they aren't because they are definitely people out there that benefit from knowing how to properly set something up or how to properly use something with the help of a manual compared to going alone on the exploration of how to use it and make some mistakes along the way, which is a definite part of both sides of the story. But I feel like there are, however, some people that don't use instruction manuals at all, as shown by the ever-growing statistic of people setting their dryers on fire. Do you think most
0: companies should stop putting manuals in their boxes for the most part? I'd say most because some items like calculators and smoke detectors and washing machines and drying machines should require a manual.
1: Yes, definitely. I think it's good to know and to have the resources to know something, rather than to not know and not have the resources for knowing about that thing.
0: How about websites like WikiHow? These websites give you information on how to do certain things, like how to clean out the lint on a dryer or perform CPR, both of which are extremely important and time-sensitive. Would these websites, if given access to resources related to the item at hand, be a good replacement for physical or digitized user manuals?
1: I think that manuals for specific products or tasks are the first best choice manuals, like, it doesn't really matter if it's on paper or on a website since you'll get all the specific information you'll probably need from it. And for more general things, I think a website is just fine, you have the essential info that you need, and it doesn't really have to be searched for throughout an entire space, like searching an entire room or house for it, compared to a Google search which is a lot more easier to do. Once again, we'd like to stress
0: how important it is to clean your dryer of lint before you turn on the dryer. That's the end of this week's episode.
1: Produced and hosted by Kyle Hua and Lex Wu. We were also joined by an anonymous guest. And this was produced by Current Audio. Visit our website at audio.currentmedia.website. And thanks for listening. This was episode 102,
0: Politics Aren't Pretty. See you, See you soon. soon.